Blog Talk Radio. This is the national premiere Soccer League show hosted by Daniel Feuerstein, the show dedicated to the NPSL club and the fans. Your host, Daniel Feuerstein. Good evening, NPSL soccer fans. This is Daniel Feuerstein, and welcome back to the NPSL soccer show here on the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. Just another exciting discussion of the clubs that you follow, whether it be the club that you do follow or it's your opponents or for just a fan of the league, we have it all here on the Four Year Scenes Fire American Soccer Show. This is, of course, once again, the 2023 MPSL Soccer Show, episode number seven. Let's go ahead and take a look at the standings. In the 2023 season, at this moment in time, we have in the Eastern Region, in the Mid-Atlantic Conference, uh, uh, excuse me, expansion side, Annapolis Blues right now in first place with 19 points, with six wins and a draw, undefeated at this point in time. So is Greenville United in second place, but they have four wins Three draws, no losses with 15 points. And Alexandria Reds in third place with 11 points. And then you have the Virginia Dream in fourth place with nine points. Uh, Northern Virginia United and FC Frederick tied for fifth with four points each. Minus five on the differential for Northern Virginia. FC Frederick is in sixth place with a minus nine on the differential. And for Virginia Beach City FC, they are in seventh place uh, with three points. And finally, Grove United, last place with two points. And that will be the Mid-Atlantic Conference. And the North Atlantic Conference, Kingston Stockade, first place with 16 points, also undefeated, five wins and a draw, or unbeaten, I should say. Uh, Hartford City in second place with 10 points. New York Shockers, even though they have one match in hand, Velo FC in fourth place with seven points. But once again, they have played one game more than the Shockers. And Syracuse FC in last place, they have four points. Keystone East Conference, FC Motown, the defending NPSL champions, Right now, also unbeaten, uh, six wins and a draw for 19 points. Jackson Lions in second place with 15 points. Atlantic City FC in third place with 14 points. The Philadelphia Union's developmental squad is currently in fourth place with nine points. FC Monmouth in fifth place with four points. And unfortunately for first state FC last place and sadly, Seven losses on the season. They have no points. They're in a rut and uh, don't know how much more time they have left to try and save their season or salvage it. But unfortunately, they are in dead last, and we'll see what's going to happen here. Uh, 
Keystone West Conference, Hershey FC. They are in first place uh, with 13 points. But Westchester United and the Philadelphia Ukrainian Nationals are right on their tail. They both have 12 points at the moment. Goal differential actually um, Westchester United with eight and Philadelphia Ukrainian Nationals with seven. Uh, the Pennsylvania Classics, they are in fourth place with nine points. Uh, in fifth place, Electric City Shock with five. And Torch FC in last with only a draw for one point. In the Midwest region, we go to the Great Lakes Conference. Excuse me. Steel City right now, unbeaten with 25 points. And they have a match in hand as Michigan Rangers are in second place with 24 points, but they've played a game more. So right now, uh, Steel City has a match in hand on Michigan Rangers. But once again, the points are in favor of Steel City. Cleveland SC in third place with 13 points. Erie Commodores in fourth place with nine points. Carpathia FC in fifth place along with Akron City FC with seven points each. But Carpathia has the minus one on the differential, and Akron City is in sixth place. They're on minus five on the differential. And unfortunately for FC Columbus, uh, only three points, just a solid win, one single solid win out of eight matches played. In the Heartland Conference, Tulsa Athletic, once again, Sonny D'Alessandro's side, really doing wonderful things in the NPSL. Uh, they have 14 points in first place in the Heartland Conference. In second place, Oklahoma City, 1889 FC in second place with 13. In uh, third place, Kansas City Seoul with 12. Demise NPSL in fourth place with nine points. Rain FK in fifth place with uh, five points. And Arkansas Wolves right now in dead last with only four points with a win and a draw out of seven matches. In the Gateway Conference, Des Moines United FC in first place with 22 points. Ten-point lead over the Iowa Raptors, who are in second place with 12. Actually, they are really taking out all their competition. FC Milwaukee Torrent, third place with eight points. Of course, uh, they have a match in hand, even though Etar Belleville FC in fourth place with nine points, but they've played one game more than Milwaukee, so that's why they're in fourth. Uh, Sunflower State FC in fifth place with seven points, and Club Atletico St. Louis in dead last. They currently have six points. They have won two matches out of eight. North Conference, Duluth FC undefeated. Nine wins out of nine matches, 27 points. Dakota Fusion is right now 11 points behind Duluth with 16, uh, even though they have a match in hand, as Med City is in third place with 17 points, but they have played one game more than Dakota Fusion has. Joy St. Louis Park in fourth place with nine points. They have a match in hand, as Minnesota Twin Stars are currently in fifth with 10 points, but once again, they played one game more. Uh, LC Aris 
in sixth place with six points. And unfortunately for Sioux Falls Thunder, they are in dead last in, North, in the North Conference with two points, two draws out of eight matches. In the Southern Conference, excuse me, the Southern Region, the Sunshine Conference, Naples United, un, uh, undefeated with five wins out of five matches. Atletico de Miami Beach in fourth place with seven points, excuse me, second place with seven points. Global Soccer Pathways in third place with six points. And the Miami Dutch Lions in last place with four points, a win and a draw out of six matches played. In Texas, the Lone Star Conference, Lubbock Matadors. First place, unbeaten with 22 points. Brownsville MPSL in second place with 19 points. West Texas FC in third place with 15 points. Corinthians FC of San Antonio in fourth place with 14 points. Laredo Heat in fifth place with 13 points. The Denton Diablos in sixth place with 11 points. Very unusual for them to be down there, but once again, this is a, a knock them out, drag them out conference. So. You know, Denton's going to have one of those seasons, but, you know, this is this is why you play those games. Gallows FC from Irving, Texas, they are in seventh place, uh, tied with Fort Worth Vaqueros with nine points each um, at the moment. Gallo is uh, ahead with a match in hand, even though Gallows are minus two on the differential in seventh, and Fort Worth is minus six. Um to put them in eighth place. Club football, 10 Houston FC in ninth place. They have four points and they have a ma- um, and they are ahead by two matches, even though Austin United FC uh, is in 10th place with uh, two points and central Texas coyotes FC are in last place. One draw out of eight matches played for a single point for the Gulf coast conference. Southern state soccer club is tied for first with the Jacksonville Armada FC under 23s with 14 points, but Southern states has a plus 11 on the differential while Jacksonville is in second place with the plus seven on the differential. New Orleans jesters in third place with 12 points. Tallahassee SC in fourth place with 11 points. Pensacola FC uh, in fifth place in eight, with eight points. And unfortunately for Florida Roots, not having a good season, they are winless in all of their eight games uh, moving down uh, with this conference. Now in the Southeast Conference, Apotheos FC leading the co- that Southeast Conference with 14 points. In second place, Georgia Revolution with 12. Third place, Appalachian FC with 11. Tied for fourth is Charlottetown Hops and 865 Alliance. That's the battle of the uh, expansion sides there in the Southeast Conference. Both teams having eight points each. But on the differential, Charlottetown Hops has a, pl- a minus one while... And they are in fourth place, but 865 Alliance is in fifth with a minus three on the differential. And finally, Georgia Storm, they are in last place with five points in that conference. (coughs) Excuse me. In the Western region, in the Golden Gate Conference, El 
Farolito, unbeaten in nine matches with 25 points. Napa Valley, 1838, excuse me, 1839 FC with 19 points in second place. San Ramon FC in third place with 15. Sacramento Gold in fourth place with 10. Oakland SC in tied for fifth with Sonoma County Soul with eight. Minus one on the differential is Oakland SC in fifth. Minus 10 on the differential, Sonoma County Soul, uh, Soul in sixth. FC Davis in seventh place with five points, tied with Oakland Stompers for the bottom. And FC Davis right now, a minus nine on the differential in seventh. Sadly for Oakland Stompers, they are a minus 23 uh, on the differential as both teams have a win and two draws out of nine matches. And in the Southeast, excuse me, Southwest Conference, FC Arizona right now, uh, even though they have a match in hand, are currently in first. They have 16 points. You know, California Odyssey, who has already played a match more, has 17. So they're currently in second, but FC Arizona, once again, um, has a match in hand, which is why they are still in first. Uh, in third place, Las Vegas Legends with 11. And Lions United FC in fourth place with uh Nine points in the Southwest Conference. In the Northwest Conference, Crossfire. Now, apparently, for those of you that are not familiar, Crossfire Redmond now separated as Crossfire Red, Crossfire White. Crossfire Red currently in first place with 16 points. Uh, International Portland Select IPS FC. Uh, Right now, they've only played two matches, or it hasn't been updated yet, but currently in second, even though I think that's incorrect, but we're going to do Crossfire White in third place, even though uh, 12 points there in third, and OSA Seattle FC is in last place with four points. So those are your standings for the uh, 2023 NPSL soccer season and what a season it's going to be. I cannot wait till we get to the end of this regular season, get to the playoffs. And then of course, whoever reaches the quarterfinals, we will see who will automatically take those U S open cup spots for the 2024 season. I cannot wait for that. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. It's going to be Tons and tons of fun. I personally cannot wait to see what's going to happen there. And we are going to have ourselves a hell of a time when we get into the playoffs. So until then, we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen. And we will definitely have some fun moving forward. Now waiting for my guests tonight. It's got a, I got a great line of guests for you tonight here on the NPSL Soccer Show on the Four Year Scenes Fire American Soccer Show. We're going to head over to the Three Rivers Department. And that is, of course, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And joining me tonight, first, my first guest is the team captain of Steel City FC, Nikki Kolarich joining me right now. Nikki, welcome back to the show, and how are you? Yeah, doing good. Good to hear from you. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I think I was on the show two or three seasons ago, so it's good to be back. 
It's great to have you back to talk about this. Now, for those of us that are not familiar, uh, I believe the club was originally called the Pittsburgh Hot, uh, Hot Spurs. Why all of a sudden uh, changing the name to Steel City FC? And because we all know Pittsburgh is the Steel City, uh, how much has that worked for bringing in more supporters and making Pittsburgh into another big-time soccer town? Yes, correct. It was called the Pittsburgh Hotspurs um, last season and the year before. Um, so we're the first team, as they call us, for the MPSL for the club. And the Hotspurs has a youth academy, and they actually just merged with another youth academy in the city called Arsenal. So quite funny how Hotspurs and Arsenal's, Arsenal joined together. But uh, they combined it, and they are now called Steel City. So this year is the first year that it's called Steel City, and it's working out pretty good for us. I think it's also a cool name, as you said, uh, Pittsburgh, known as the Steel City. So it's it's working out good. That's, that's great to hear. And you know what? It, it's great to really – I mean, not saying Pittsburgh Hotspurs were a terrible name or anything like that, but you know, to really uh, link up with the entire city in the area of the Pittsburgh area, I should say, um, that's really great marketing, and that's a great job. Uh, by ownership to recognize that, to really make everyone feel comfortable to say this is also Pittsburgh's other professional lower-level soccer side as well. Definitely. It has been unbelievable. I think the owner of the club really, you know, got the, the motto there with the Steel City, and I think it's going great, so. No, absolutely, and that's absolutely fantastic to see. Well, Nikki, you know, with this season going on right now, and, of course, talking about um, your club going into uh, this season at this point in time, how has it been with Steel City? Obviously, right now in the Great Lakes Conference, you guys are uh, unbeaten in your nine matches so far, even though Michigan Rangers is uh, trailing you by a point even though they've played a match more. What's this season been like so far for Steel City FC? Uh, it's been unbelievable so far being unbeaten. Um, we have Luckily, we've had a lot of uh, guys return from the previous year, so it's, it's kind of been easy, you know, with the team chemistry and our style of play. So that helps a lot as well. And then, um, obviously, our coach, Dan Brower, has us organized weekly. We have three or four sessions a week, and he puts us through some pretty tough training sessions to get ready. And, um, you know, all, all, I think, too, uh, just playing in front of our home field, fans, it really gives us a boost, and Founders is like a fortress for us. We've only lost, I think, one game there in the past three seasons, so it's been pretty massive. Uh, it's been a good season so far. And that's great to hear. I mean, looking at your schedule here, the biggest win you've had so far um, was against Akron City FC, and you did it there, which is, you know, it's always great to do it at home, but if you can do it on the road to destroy your opponent, um, that's even better than ever. And my goodness, 6-0 up at Akron City FC, that must have been a hell of a game on June 2nd. Oh, yes, it was unbelievable. Um scored some good goals the guys were loving it um and like you said it's always good whenever you can travel and you're on the buses and you know the legs are feeling heavy it's always good to go out and perform well on the road in front of uh you know the other team's fans and on their pitch so that was a massive win um 
I think there might be low-key a goal of the season coming out of that. So hopefully maybe look forward to that. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good night for us. What's been the magic uh, that you guys have been doing so far? I mean, obviously we have to give credit uh, to your head coach and Dan Brower and his staff with Tom Campbell and Mark Dunfeld, Dun, uh, Duffeld, uh, Peter Mulhern, and uh, Daniel Yates. But, you know, has it been like – uh, new additions that have helped out this club or is just everyone's clicking on all cylinders and it's just been contagious? Yeah, the second part. Um, everybody's back pretty much from last year. We don't really have any new guys, I don't think. And it's just we're all clicking at the same rate and we're on the same page. And I think it's guys maturing a bit, guys who are in college coming back a year older and, you know, having another year of college experience under their belt. Um, I think it really helps. Plus, I think there's a good dynamic in our team with we have quite a few guys, maybe five or six older guys that are out of college, late 20s, early 30s, mixed in with the college kids. And we have a good team chemistry and just all love getting along and playing together every weekend. So I think that's that's mainly it. What's it like for you to hold on or at least have the captains around your uh, around your arm there to uh, lead this team into battle every single uh, match home and away? Does that also help uh, enhance your play involved in this magical season at this point in time? Oh, for sure. I love putting on the armband for the club. Um, this is, well, with the Pittsburgh Hotspurs, this has been my fourth year and uh, with the club and you know, I I really enjoy playing for the club, the fans, the people, the youth academy players, and it's honestly like a big family. So anytime I put that armband on, I just, you know, work hard for the club and my teammates, and, yeah, it definitely pushes me for sure. No, absolutely, and uh, that's what I love to hear. I love to hear that about, you know, players wanting to play hard for the club, and especially if you're the captain of the club, that's, that's just fantastic to hear. Um, what right now, as I've said, you've already played – nine matches you have a match in hand over Michigan Rangers uh, that's been a battle between them obviously you're going after them hard um, you've you've defeated them there two goals to one on May 28th and so far I believe that you're going to be facing them towards the beginning of next month in July what has that battle been like against Michigan Rangers this season yeah, they're a great team. Um, So recently, I think the two divisions merged. They weren't in our conference last year. A lot of the teams are pretty similar. Like we've always played against Cleveland and Erie and those likes, but Michigan's a new team. So this was the first year we've seen them. And honestly, in, in possession, they're phenomenal. They're one of the better teams I've seen in my four years in the NPSL. Um, we came out with the three points, but that game next week against them is going to be a battle. Obviously, I think it's for the top of the table possibly, and um, it's going to be a good one. But, yeah, they're good in possession. They have uh, and a lot of high-quality players, so it should be good for anybody wanting to watch. I'd tune into that match for sure. No, absolutely. I can't wait for that one. That should be a fun one to watch. You know, you have three matches remaining in the regular season before we get to the playoffs. Uh, you'll It's going to be basically uh, twice against Cleveland, uh, at home against Michigan. Of course, you'll be hosting Cleveland first. Uh, this coming Sunday, and then uh, the next weekend will be in uh, at home against Michigan Rangers, and then you got to go to Cleveland on uh, Friday, July the seventh, over in Berea. Uh, you know, 
you want to I know you want to finish hard down the stretch. I know you guys want to finish up being undefeated, but you know, what's your feeling? I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but still though, what's the feeling around in the locker room at the training facility? You know, do you feel this is going to be a more magical season when you get into a playoff run? Do you feel you you got yourselves an opportunity to maybe reach the quarterfinals to get that open cup spot? Yes, 100%. That's been our goal the entire time. The past two seasons, Cleveland has beaten us in the playoffs, and uh, we've had battles with them, and we've been on the short end of it. But our whole goal this year has been winning the playoffs and getting that open cup bid. Um, We've always made that a goal of ours, and we kind of were joking at the beginning of the year that we wanted to go undefeated, but it could possibly happen, not looking too far forward. But definitely open cup is what we want and uh, to win some playoff matches. We would love to get in the Open Cup and possibly have a match against the uh, Pittsburgh Riverhound USL team here. I think that'd be phenomenal for the city and just for soccer in general. If you don't mind me asking, obviously Pittsburgh Riverhounds made a hell of a run this year in the Open Cup. They started off in the second round, got all the way to the quarterfinals, sadly losing to FC Cincinnati. But does that inspire you and your teammates and and the coaching staff as well as ownership? Because what the Pittsburgh Riverhounds just did in this year's Open Cup tournament, do you feel you can do the same thing for next season in 2024 if you do qualify or if not qualify for the quarterfinals, at least, um, you know, be in the conversation of being selected for the Open Cup first round? Oh, definitely. Um, I think I think that's definitely possible. Um, I think what the Riverhounds did was phenomenal this year. It did a lot for the city and even just for soccer in the city. A lot of people are more aware now with how far they made it and beating two MLS clubs. Um, I think if we could somewhat, I'm not going to say we're going to beat MLS clubs, but if we could just go on a little run in the Open Cup, I think that would be massive for us. And even for the MPSL, you know, any MPSL teams that get on a run, it's good for the league and good for soccer in general. I think it's always good when a lower a lower tier team makes a run like that in a cup like that. And just to go back, I mean, we all know this, uh, Steelers country, Pirates baseball, Penguins hockey, we all know University of Pittsburgh uh, does great job, you know, getting the attention uh, of the city. But ever since the Riverhounds now had this run and selling out uh, Highmark Stadium for their fifth round match against the Columbus crew, and now, of course, what you're doing with Steel City, is Pittsburgh truly now a soccer city? Do you feel now this, you know, it's no longer taboo? that you can talk soccer freely. I mean, it's it's not a law or anything to talk against soccer, obviously, but do you feel that, you know, now it's being more accepted by everybody else that who loves the Steelers, loves the Pirates, loves the Penguins, now wants to be a part of Steel City FC and, of course, the Riverhounds? No, you're exactly right. I mean, I'm I'm born and raised here. I actually played for the Riverhounds in 2013 to 16, and now that I'm – still in the game obviously playing for steel city but you know a little bit more outside of uh not playing in the pros anymore it it is definitely more acceptable to talk soccer and people actually have a clue on what you're talking about instead of just you know like you said before Steelers and penguins and pirates um it's definitely growing a ton in the city which i love to see because it's such a beautiful game and a good game and um i just think the more we can grow that here as a sports city 
it'll just keep on growing and and who knows what could happen from there with the game in this city so and if you want to say something to your fans out there, to all the supporters of Steel City FC, what would you like to say to them right now? Once again, you've got three matches remaining uh, to finish off unbeaten in 2023 before you at least attempt a playoff run here. What would you like to tell your fans of Steel City FC and all soccer fans of Pittsburgh, you know, how important it is for your club to get off on a strong finish? Yeah, um, first I would just like to say thanks for everybody who's been supporting us all year, coming out to the home games, following us on the live streams. Um, it's really pushed us, and we want to win for you guys as well for the club. Um, I think everyone's come out and showed great great support for us, and we're working hard for you guys. Um, obviously, it's going well so far, and um, we have two home games left. So come out and support. We'll be sure to hang out after the game and, and talk to you guys and Hopefully we display some good soccer and get three points on those days as well. So thanks, everybody, and uh, look forward to seeing you guys soon. Absolutely. Nikki, listen, enjoy the rest of the season. Good luck with these last three games, and hopefully you guys will finish off unbeaten. Have a good night, and I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks again for joining us. Sounds good. Thank you. I, hey, I owe you a Permani sandwich whenever you come out to Pittsburgh. Yes, you right? do. <laughs> yes, you do, and when I'm able to get over there, you're going to take me to the best Pomani uh, spot in Pittsburgh. I will. All right, brother. Have a good night, all right? You too. Thank you very much. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, Nikki Kalarch, the captain of Steel City FC, joining us tonight here on the MPSL Soccer Show. We're going to keep it rolling here with the guests, and I'm very happy to have on my next guest, he is the owner and general manager of First State FC. This is Dave Holloway joining me tonight. Dave, welcome to the show, and how are you? Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for joining me tonight. Uh, for those of us not familiar, of course, with your club, why is it called First State, and is it because it's Delaware-based? Uh, yep, you kind of hit the nail right on the head. And uh, first, before I go any farther, make sure my is my mic level okay? Can you hear me okay? Your mic level is perfect. I hear you fine. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, so we are based out of Wilmington, Delaware, and Delaware is you know the, the state motto is the first state because we were the first state to ratify the U.S. Constitution. Uh, and so we were tossing around name ideas when we were getting started. Um, you know, there's some other nicknames for Delaware. There's Diamond State. There's you know, you could just say Delaware, of course. Um, but we liked first we we liked first state, um, and sort of our our brand and our our branding was kind of created around this this notion of you know the 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 rebels, um, uh, the revolution, being the first uh, to kind of put our feet in the water, so to speak, first in the water. And so we kind of liked that imagery, and so we stuck with first state. But yeah, the genesis of of first state comes from Delaware state motto, which was that we were the first state in the union to ratify the constitution. Now, personal question for me, of course, is this, do you have seen or own uh, the movie musical of 1776? I have, can't say that I have. Okay. Unfortunately. Whenever you get to, no, that's quite all right. I'm about to say is, uh, you know, obviously, Caesar Rodney was part of the Delaware delegation uh, in the first Continental Congress, obviously, to uh, uh, try and ratify um, 
independence from England, obviously. So, I mean, I have that. It's it's great. It's I have the director's cut. So whatever they uh, originally cut from that movie a long time ago, it's back in there. But still, though, I think you should take a look at it if you ever get the chance uh, to find it. Uh, download it if you can't if it is downloadable and uh, enjoy the whole thing because obviously Caesar Rodney who is a part of that Delaware delegation it was really cool uh, just to learn about all those wonderful things and hopefully uh, we can uh, uh, talk off air and uh, I, I can tell you uh, my trips to of course uh, uh, Independence Hall in Philadelphia so uh, I love to tell you about that uh, but anyway um, this season, unfortunately for your club, it, it, it has not been great. Um, one, right. what has it been ever since the Keystone conference got split into the East West, uh, setups? What has that meant for, you know, your side to battle against the New, the New Jersey teams, as well as the Philadelphia union's developmental squad? How difficult has that been for you guys? Oh, well, I mean, you know, even setting our record aside, just the, the the teams that you mentioned there, right? Motown was national, right? Motown's national champions. They're reigning national champions, right? So if you, if you told anyone, hey, you're going to have to play the national champions twice this year out of 10 games, it'd be like, okay, it's kind of tough. Um, Atlantic City's always tough. Uh, you know, they've historically been a very good Keystone team. So you got to play them twice. And, you know, Jackson Lions, who have existed as an organization for a long time, although relatively new to the MPSL, have been pumping out talent for a very, very long time. Um, you know, I think right now they have uh, one of their players is was one of the maybe the top-rated freshmen in the ACC. I think he's at Duke. And there was another one who was at Notre Dame. So there's a lot of really good teams and a lot of really good talent on in the Keystone Conference in general. But specifically on our side, the New Jersey teams are just historically very tough. And then, of course, now, you know, we got, we got the Philadelphia Union right in our backyard. And, you know, this is their first season, but you know, just the brand alone, they're going to, they're going to be able to recruit well, they're going to be organized. Um, you know, they have their systems in place. So, you know, it's, it's really a, um, it's a murderer's row. And we, and we knew that because we had been in the Keystone two years ago, last year, we were in the, in the, in the, the Southern conference below in the mid Atlantic, but uh, we knew coming back, it was going to be difficult. And um, you know, these teams are just, it's always going to be like this. It's always a dog fight in the Keystone and, you know, a few things just haven't gone our way this year, but um you know, we feel good about where we are as an organization, and even though this is not a good year for us, um, we we feel we feel like we're in a good spot. We like being in Keystone. We like these rivalries. We want them. We want the challenge, and um, you know, we'll be back better next year. No, absolutely, and that's what uh, you know you have to hope for because once again, as you said, you know, all of these different conferences, it's always a dogfight, no matter what part of the MPSL you're in, and that must have been a hell of a match back on May 28th against the union's development squad. I mean, mm. you got edged, unfortunately four three, but still though, both of you combined for seven goals in that match. I mean, you know, that's, that's just amazing to see, you know, the battle that you guys have had in these season and in, in this season so far, I should say. Yeah. And that was um, a couple of things about that game, right? So it was a heartbreaker because we, got, we were up two nothing at halftime. Right, so when you go up to not, you're up to nil at half. You expect to be able to see the game out. Um, they came out and you know they moved some personnel personnel around. They were trying to take advantage of, of some different matchups, give us a different look. Um, they had a little bit of success, and their third goal was an absolute curler from like 25 yards out. I mean, just no no keeper was going to stop it. So it was it. Was, so what happened on the field was 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 crazy. Like two late goals that lost it for us. 
And but the other thing I'll say is that this was a Memorial Day weekend game, and you know historically, um, at least here, this was a home game for us. And you know, a lot of people are at the beach for Memorial Day weekend. It's it's usually tough to get a crowd. Um, but we had a really good crowd that day, and um, a good chunk of the Philadelphia Union supporters um, were were there as well. So it was crazy on the field. There's a good atmosphere in the stands. So obviously not happy with how it turned out. Uh, it was a, it was definitely an entertaining day, I think, for everyone. Mm, that's great to hear. Um, even though, you know, you got Dan Frick as your head coach. I mean, how many how much do you uh, talk to each other before a match? After a match, you know, do you have to give him your shoulder just to, you know, it's all right, you'll get him next time, you know, you got to give him the rah-rah speech. I mean, obviously he's probably been through the trenches himself, but, you know, what do you do with uh, Dan with a season like this, and, and how do you both communicate uh, the way that things are going at the moment in time? So, you know, Dan was our coach last year too, so we, we've had a bit of a relationship now. Um, so this isn't our first kind of go-around. And, um, you know, he did a lot of good things for us last year when we were in a tough spot and he was able to kind of right the ship and put some processes in place that we thought were good. Um, and we ended up playing much better football down the stretch last year. And we, <laughs> funnily enough, we had a couple of heartbreakers last year that cost us a playoff spot. Um, you know, we had, we, had a, we had a game in Frederick where we were up 3-2 in like the 88th minute and lost. Um, we had a game, one of our earlier games, we were up, I think, 2-1 in the second half and ended up losing. Um so you know, me and Dan have been through have been through this before, and um, he's he's a professional, and he and we're in communication on a daily basis, um, talking about you know all kinds of stuff, players, players' needs, uh, what are we doing for the next match, trying to coordinate logistics, training. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that goes into it, um, as I'm sure any any kind of GM will tell you. They're probably in contact with their coach every day, and, and we are as well. Um, you know, Dan takes the losses hard, just like any competitor would. Uh, he's a, he's been, he's won basically everywhere he's coached before. And so that's sort of just a testament to how difficult the MPSL is. You know, he made a comment earlier this year that like, I've never been punished so much for either small mistakes or just, um, trying to play a certain way. And it's just not quite working at the time. And, and, what he was trying to say was like, I, I can't believe how unforgiving this league is. And, and he's right. That's just kind of the caliber of the talent in the NPSL. Um, but, you know, I, 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 the losing weighs on him. It weighs on me. And anyone who's sort of in this space is, is here because we're, we're competitive by nature and we want to win. And so it's never easy when you kind of just can't get off the schneid, so to speak. But, um, you know, I know that he leaves if, – if, if he leaves the stadium after a loss, he's going home and he's thinking about it. And he's, <laughs> he's sitting there – with our assistant coach, if, if they're going out to, 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 to talk about things, they're, they're working. You know, they told me they were sketching things out on a napkin one night after a loss, you know, this is hours after we had lost, and, um, and they're still just sitting there trying to think about what they could do differently or, or how things have to work. So, you know, they're invested. Um, um, they're, they're, they're doing everything they can. We're doing everything we can to make sure that there's a stable environment for everyone to work off of. And like I said, Dan's won basically everywhere he's been before. You know, he's been – voted, I think, coaches of the year twice in the conference he coaches in at the collegiate level. Um, so, you know, it's just, again, a testament to how difficult this league is. Absolutely. Let's talk some positives, obviously. Look, we always talk about great talent coming out of this country, whether it be from New York, New Jersey, now with the Philadelphia, Eastern Pennsylvania side, Florida, St. Yep. Louis, now California. 
you know, what have you seen personally from players that are coming out of the state of Delaware that makes you smile whenever you see them in training, when they are performing on the pitch, whether it be playing defense, keeper, scoring goals, making, you know, great great plays to stop the opposition from getting up the pitch. What makes you smile with Delaware footballers? Good question. Um, so I'll, in a roundabout way, I'll, I'll come back to that. But uh, on the same topic of kind of like this region just being a hotbed, um, I think people are surprised. I was certainly surprised to kind of find out just how much good soccer is being played, not just like in this region, because like you said, Southeast Pennsylvania has been for a long time uh, a place that people understood was there was good soccer being played. Obviously, Central Jersey is sort of a historical uh, powerhouse. But you know, I, I, I did sort of a, a similar interview uh, a couple of years ago where we were just talking about the talent that had come out of just like, you know, Wilmington University, for example, which is a, a Division two small school here in Wilmington. But, I mean, you got kids playing on their national teams, right? We had kids who were playing for the Jamaican national team. We had, we had kids who were the, uh, the, the leading scorer in the entire nation for Division two. Um, and you never would have thought, right, that you're going to find that in a, in a small little Division two college in, in Wilmington. Uh, Delaware, but 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 here we are. Um, uh, our you know my head coach came up through the ranks at University of Delaware. Oh, sorry, my, my our first head coach had uh, not our current head coach, but our first head coach had come up through the ranks at University of Delaware. Um, had been found in um, had been found by um, by his coach, you know, over uh, in his home country in Ghana, and brought here as a kid at, at 17, and then went to school and and um, you know his brother played uh, in a World Cup. And so it's just the, the way that Delaware has managed to sort of attract international talent um, has been sort of eye-opening, uh, I think, for, for a lot of people who are maybe new to Delaware soccer. And, and then you get to, like, the, what, I, what I think your question was asking, which is sort of growing it from the ground up around here. And the reason that I, that I started with talking about the others who are coming to Delaware is that I think that it, to some extent it re, it's a reinforcing kind of, cycle where people from out of town want to come here to play soccer and to some extent that's going to have a knock-on effect on the kids around here and one of the things that made us want to start for state fc here in wilmington specifically here in wilmington was that kids growing up didn't really have a good place other than the philadelphia union to go watch high quality high level soccer being played to get them interested in the game and I think that we're managing to do that here in, in a good way. Uh, we have good relationships with, with the youth um, organizations. They're coming out to games, game after game, and getting excited. The kids want to come back. And um, just a little bit of a, um, a story to kind of highlight why that's important. One of our coaches a couple of years ago was telling me that, you know, when he was 11 years old, he had no interest in soccer at all. And his father brought him to a Celtic match. I think it was a Celtic match. Um, I guess they were either playing here or they'd gone over to Scotland. But this coach had no interest. This kid, had, this 11-year-old kid had absolutely no interest in soccer. He was bored out of his mind. 20 minutes in, that's all he wanted to do with the rest of his life. 20 minutes of watching soccer, and this 11-year-old kid decided, you know what, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. And so far he has. Um, and he's progressed through the ranks, and now he's coaching it at, at high levels, and, and he's done, you know, he's made a career out of it. And that's the power, I think, of being able to put on display high-quality soccer 
to your region, to your community, and to your point, to the kids that are in your community, that they can come to your game, they can get excited, they can go back to their parents and say, I want to play soccer next year. You know, if, you, if you're, I'm sure you're familiar with um, Dennis Crowley and the Kingston Stockade. He's done some, he had some like preliminary research, I guess, or just really anecdotal research from people he had talked to. But after Kingston Stockade started a few years ago, maybe six or seven years ago now, like high school tryouts, local tryouts went up by, you know, hundreds of percents. And so when you ask me, what am I excited about with like Delaware soccer or, or what's going on here or what makes me proud? I think it's really that this region is starting to get excited about soccer. These kids are starting to get excited about soccer. And ultimately I think that's going to grow the game in the long term. And we're going to continue to see Delaware be a hotbed for talent, both internationally and then also homegrown. So that was a long answer. I apologize, but I hope that I hit on the points that you were asking. Mm, this and you could answer as long as you want. It's fine by me. As long as you have the passion for the sport, that's all that really matters here, Dave. And, you know, I got to say that uh, it's wonderful to hear this. It's wonderful to hear it from you. And, you know, look, you got three matches remaining in this season. Hopefully you can get a victory here or at least some form of points just to salvage an ending that hopefully will not end in a big fat zero in the win column. But still, though, thank you for joining me tonight. I really do appreciate your time. Good luck with next season. And as I said, I hope you guys get a win uh, somewhere in these last three remaining matches. All right. Well, we're doing our best, I promise you. Uh, thanks for having me on, and we'll talk soon, okay? Well, definitely will. Thank you again, Dave. Have a good night. Thanks, you too. Thank you. Dave Holloway, he is the owner and the general manager of First State FC out of Wilmington, Delaware. My next guest now, his club is on a roll. They're doing wonderful things right now in the Keystone West Conference. And this is the general manager of Hershey FC, Ben Shirk. Did I pronounce your last name correctly, Ben? You did, and thanks, thanks for having me on, Daniel. Thank, thank you for coming on tonight. Ben, is the stadium and the ball made out of chocolate? <laughs> yeah, it would make the game more fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes, it would. You probably wouldn't have a stadium if it gets, you get eaten out of it. You can't sit anywhere. Yeah. The benches will be uh, missing for a little yes, yes, peanut butter. Over... That's absolutely true. <laughs> you know, I, I... <laughs> uh, look, I, I have been – I have been to um, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, uh, twice covering the New York Red Bulls against formerly, you may know them, the, they were then now, you know, Penn FC before uh, Harrisburg City yes. Islanders uh, in the Open Cup matches. I traveled twice uh, to, watch, to cover the Red Bulls against Harrisburg, uh, uh, play against them in the Open Cup. But, you know, I, all I've heard was um, – Hershey and Lancaster are the real soccer hotbeds in central Pennsylvania near the capital city of Pennsylvania. Is that true? How soccer hungry is really Hershey? It, it is very, it, it's very high, uh, soccer hungry. I mean, our, our region is, is incredibly strong. It's, it is strung out a little bit of a distance, you know, from, you know, Mechanicsburg all the way down to Lancaster. 
Um, but the amount of soccer that played, the amount of youth teams that we have in our region is unbelievable, and a lot of high-level teams, which is great. And talking about them, I remember back in the day, the old Hershey Wildcats, uh, they were a top club back in the day in the old USISL days. Um, sadly, not around anymore, but still, though, uh, when the people at Hershey found out that your club was going to be in the MPSL, it, it just didn't matter to them. They were happy to see your club come come to fruition and be a part of the landscape over there. Oh yeah, I mean it's it, it's been great to have, especially now with with the City Islanders um, unfortunately shutting down um, and being able to continue. Um, that high-level soccer in the area has been phenomenal. Um, giving our, giving the, you know, the locals and and even these kids at Pathways, um, you know, to the next level has been wonderful. And you know, the fact that you know last year with PA Classic starting, uh, you know, a team up as well, it, it only strengthens that. Talk about this conference. Obviously, they broke it up, the Keystone Conference. Now you got the East and the West. And how difficult has it been against these Pennsylvania sides uh, that you have to play against? Obviously, we all know about Westchester United, the Philadelphia Ukrainian Nationals. As you said, the Pennsylvania Classics have been giving you some problems. Electric City Shock, Torch FC. Why is this Western side of the Keystone Conference also a tough nut to crack when you got to play these teams? Oh, I mean, it's it's just incredible. I mean, the 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 you know Westchester, you know, let's I I, I know hands down is is a one hell of a of a uh, of a club themselves. I mean, they've been around forever. Um, they have multiple levels of, of soccer. Um, then you've got uh, Ukrainian National, whose youth program is, you know, second to none down in that that Philly region area, and, and I mean, they, they just keep pumping out player after player. You know, Classics also coming, you know, X Academy, MLS Next Team, you know, club pumping out players. So, you know, you know, Electric City, all of them. I mean, it's just – it is the, – the amount of talent is just unbelievable that we can hold – six NPSL teams within roughly a two-hour drive and have such high-level soccer. Um, you know, it's just been a blast. I love going to the games. Um, you know, I've been a longtime fan. as my first year with Hershey FC as the general manager, but I've been watching the, the team for the last almost 10 years, and it, it's a blast. Uh, you're having a great season so far, as I was saying. Uh, at the moment, uh, in six matches played, four wins, a draw, a loss. You have 13 points right now. Uh, even though Westchester United is and uh, Philadelphia Ukrainian Nationals are behind you both uh, with a point behind you, what, what's it like to have this guy as your head coach and Rich Bryan? What type of magic has he pulled uh, for this wonderful season for Hershey so far to make you guys really competitive here? Well, I think you know number one is is the the crew, the, the the players we got this season have been, you know, just focused as all get out, and, and that you know definitely is partly to to 
you know, from the coach. Um, you know, Rich, you know, as we started this season, we wanted to make sure, and we we made it blatantly clear to these players, like, hey, we want you focused, we want you here, we want you playing your hearts out because we want to give the best chance um, this season as we can. And and this season, our, our players have been there, and, man, did they fight. The heart that they have and, and the heart that Rich is, is pulling out of them, it, I think, is more than anything else. Um, you know, these boys want to play, and that that's the key. Very true, very true, and great job by them as well. Um, who are the players that, you know, you look forward to watching while the games are going on. Uh, which player right now is your best goal scorer that's given you tremendous joy during this season? Yeah, you know, we we, we got a few, but, but Brian, uh, Brian Locke uh, right now has just been a, a, a beast. Um, you know, unfortunately for that PA Classics game, he was a little injured that, uh, you know, when we played uh, – um, torch she went up for a header and took a pretty big knock and had a bunch of stitches after that game and uh hurt us a little bit there at PA Classics but man that guy I mean he is just he's the epitome of soccer right now he just wants to play he will fight he won't stop it doesn't matter if we go down he is the guy on the field that is just he wants it more than anybody else and it is just fun to watch him go after it that's great to see, and that's wonderful to uh, talk about. Now, looking at your uh, remaining four matches so far, um, you're going to take on uh, Philadelphia Cranians Nationals uh, uh, this coming Saturday, and then uh, you got a match uh, against the Pennsylvania Classics on the 28th. Then in July, the last two matches, you're going to take on uh, West Chester United one more time, and then you're going to take on Torch FC. What are you looking for out of these last four matches? Obviously, we know you want to finish in first place, get a good position for the playoffs. But what are we looking here to see? Man, we, you know, end of the day is obviously we still need some wins. I mean, there's no question about it uh, with, with you know, only being one point ahead of two teams and, and, and four points ahead of a, a third team. We need some wins out there. And, and these boys know it. They're ready for it. And, uh, you know, we're just, we're, we're looking to go out there. We're going to play our game. Um, you know, that's one of our, one of our keys this season is we're not coming out to play, you know, Ukrainian nationals this weekend. We're coming out to play Hershey soccer. And, 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 you know, if we can do that, that's how we're going to make it. That's how we're going to get that number one spot. We come out and play our our style soccer and make them play us. Absolutely, and that's what you want to see, and that's what you want to get from your players and, and teach the opposition you know, what you're all about. How big of a moment would it be once not only you make the playoffs, but if you make a run and get into the quarterfinals and win your quarterfinal match, that takes you to the 2024 Open Cup and into the first round proper. Is that the bigger goal here? We all know winning the league is a big goal, but do you really want to get into that open cup? And do you really want to show everybody in Pennsylvania? We know what the union have done. We know what the Riverhounds have done. We know what Harrisburg did in the past. Now come and look at us. Oh yeah. I mean, 
you know, of course that's an overall, you know, overreaching goal. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm kind of one of those old school guys that, Hey man, it's one, one, one job at a time. And right now it's about getting to the playoffs, man. If we make it to the, to the cup, you know, don't get me wrong. Our entire region will be jumping up and down, <laughs> but right now we're focused on that, you know, that game at hand, the Ukrainian nationals. No, absolutely. I mean, look, I don't want you to look ahead of your next opponent, obviously, but still, though, uh, everyone wants to be involved in the Open Cup. Uh, I love the Open yeah. Cup. I always like talking about the Open Cup. You know, I remember when uh, I started following back, getting back into the game, and I saw this MLS merchandise catalog, and I saw a trophy that didn't, didn't even look like the first MLS Cup trophy it just it was it was something strange i didn't know what it was at the time and i asked and like, yeah that's the open cup that's the doer cup for the open cup champions like really and when you learn about it, i'm like yep let's go because because that yeah, really that is- you know that, that that gives you a higher status if you know what i mean oh my god yeah i mean it, it is i mean if it, it we wouldn't be in this league if we weren't really trying to get there right um you know I, 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 it, it's, it's for us, that would be, you know, amazing, you know, to even make a good run in it would be amazing. Um, you know, and, and for our kids, you know, for, for the boys that are out on the field that are fighting every day, day in and out, you know, giving them that option or that ability to go and showcase their skills and, 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 and showcase to the world, really, let's be honest that, that, you know, central Pennsylvania is a hotbed of soccer. Uh, you know that's what we want because uh, we know it. All of all these all these clubs in this area, we all know the hotbed that we have and the, and the quality of players that we have. And uh, you know that is something that would just it'd be phenomenal. Let me ask you this: with Christian Pulisic being on the national team, and everybody knows where he's from. Obviously, he's from that area uh, as well. Has he done a lot more? Even though. You probably didn't need that much because everybody loves the sport over there in central Pennsylvania. But with him being on the national team and, you know, being involved in two Nations League victories in CONCACAF, you know, winning a UEFA Champions League with Chelsea, has his status really elevated it a lot more? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, whenever he comes into town, there's been a few times he's come out, you know, to see the club and the amount of people that come from all over to see him is just wild. Um, you know, he's that superstar right now in this region and everywhere too. But, um, you know, the kids, the parents, the, you know, it, it's hilarious who all shows up. It, you know, it, 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 the crowds that, that come out to see him is just, it's cool. And uh, because of that, it has really driven, um, you know, the popularity of soccer in our region and which is great, you know, um, Hey, if we can take a couple, couple top, uh, athletes from some other sports, I'm, I'm okay with that. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what, I got to tell you, I'm just happy that, you know, uh, he's done well, not just for himself, obviously, but he's doing things, uh, in that area where you guys are. So mm-hmm. all I can ask you is this, uh, you've got, of course, was I've said already, uh, you got four matches remaining. Uh, you got yourselves an opportunity to, uh, get into a good seed here before the NPSL cup playoffs begin. 
And uh, the only thing I hope is this, is that uh, it's, the trophy's not made out of chocolate. Yeah. Hey, man, you know, we give out chocolate for our tournaments, so I don't mind if they give us a little chocolate if we win. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. Oh, boy. Good job there. Ben, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for coming on tonight, and good luck with the rest of the season. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Daniel. Thank you. Ben Shirk, general manager of Hershey FC, as he has joined us to talk about his club tonight. And joining me right now, he is the co-president of Oakland SC, and this is Edward Steven joining me tonight to talk about his club in Oakland, California. Uh, Edward, thank you for your time. I really do appreciate it, and welcome to the show. Hey, it's Daniel, right? That is correct. It's Daniel. Hi, hi Daniel. Thank you. I appreciate the, the time and attention. I, I really do. No problem. You call me David, it's a yellow card. No, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. I'm only <laughs> kidding. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, California has developed so many wonderful players. Uh, obviously, great clubs up and down the state. Uh, we all know what's going on, especially in Oakland, you know, with Roots. But what has your club done to plant the flag of soccer in, in the city and in the surrounding uh, areas? Yeah, so our, our club has been around um, almost 50 years. We're coming up on our 50th anniversary. So we've been well established and entrenched in the community. Um, there's only so much we can do with limited resources, but I think um, our volunteers and our hard work uh, speaks for itself in the community. So I, I, I think the number one thing is, you know, uh, boots on the ground working with the community for, you know, almost 50 years. The club started out as a youth, you know, rec program, and the landscape of soccer has changed. You know, it's become monetized. It's become, become competitive. It's you know, become a, a big money machine. And, and we've had to kind of adapt and change to, to survive in that, you know, kind of scenario. Um, but I think we have a good reputation in the community and, and we've um, impacted a lot of lives in Oakland over, over the decades. Absolutely. Talk about your big Derby rivals in Oakland Stompers. Obviously right now you're on a um, excuse me, a three-point lead at this point in time, and you are in fifth place. They are in dead last. Ha ha. No, I'm only kidding. I'm neutral. I'm Switzerland. I, I can't do that. But, but honestly, though, uh, what has that meant for Oakland SC to get this Oakland Derby going in uh, in the Golden Gate Conference? Yeah, it, it's kind of complex. So, first of all, I'd like to say the ownership of um, the Golden Gate Conference. Like, we're all really helpful uh, with each other. Um, so the, the relationships with the other club leadership is super, super good. We're always in constant communication with each other. Um, you know, if there's any questions, I feel like I could reach out to any one of the guys, you know, at, in the Golden Gate Conference. And, and they're always, you know, super willing to help, especially me being, you know, kind of new to the NPSL. Now, having started this, um, you know, this derby with Oakland Stompers, it's it's a big deal. Like it's like you know, we want to win. They want to win, and you know they bring their best game. We bring our best game, and it's it's like, you know, 
<laughs> all the rules fly out the door, you know, when it's when it's the derby with with the Oakland Stompers. Um, you know, it's 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 serious, it's real. And then, you know, we've all been in the community for decades, so we we all know each other. All the players know each other. Um, you know, so after the game, it's you know smiles and handshakes and hugs. Um, but yeah, it's 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 quite it's it's and I didn't. I didn't know how it was going to go and if it was going to really turn into anything. Um, but, you know, having played a few games under our belt, it's, it's really turning into something special. So what you're saying is it goes from being a football match to a street fight. No, no, not at all. No, I It brings a higher level out of both of us. No, I figured it does. I was only kidding around with you. I'm just having a little fun with you. Don't worry. I'm not going to get you in trouble. I, I know. Promise. I know. You, you think uh, Oakland and everyone gets, you know, they, they get their impressions. I got it. <laughs> no, I've never said that at all. No, not me. No. That's only the A's, but that's just me. But no, but <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that part in a moment, but still, though, yeah, um, you, yeah, you know. That's, that's a whole other can of words. That's a whole other <laughs> conversation. I know. I know. We'll get to that, though, in a minute, but um, – I wanted to ask you, as you said, uh, this club is nearing 50 years. How did this club get started as a whole, and when did you come into the MPSL to make that jump into this league? Yeah, so the club was started, you know, almost 50 years ago um, by a local uh, soccer equipment shop. Um, they, you know, they were selling soccer equipment. Uh, it was Jade Soccer on MacArthur Boulevard, and they started a little youth rec league um, you know, through their through their soccer store named it Oakland Soccer Club. Um, that was, you know, a bunch of kids in, you know, reversible pennies out on the grass with parents, you know, uh watching over them while they kick a ball around. That's how that's the origin. That's how it started. You know, fast forward a few decades later, you know, soccer has become more competitive. Um it's become, you know, more you know, more um you know, professionalized. Um, so, you know, we had to adapt and, you know, do the best we could of, of fielding more competitive players, um, you know, through the community. I mean, listen, like Oakland, like there is so much untapped talent that gets overseen in Oakland just simply because, you know, a lot of our families are living underneath the poverty level and, and just don't have the, the funds or the resources to be seen, to be entered into tournaments, to get the professional training. But there, there's something there in Oakland. And, I, I think, you know, I, I think people would be surprised how much talent is, is in Oakland. Um, so I I've been coaching. Yeah, I, I've been coaching in Oakland myself. I, I started coaching youth teams in Oakland. Um, 20 years ago, I started coaching in Oakland. You know, I, I was living in Oakland and, you know, the neighbor, the neighbor, uh, you know, was playing on a team in Oakland and, the you know, the, the kid was saying he was going to lose his team because the coach was leaving. He had no one to take it over. So, I'm like, well, shoot, I'll I'll coach it, you know, and you know, <laughs> you know, I started coaching multiple teams, trying to develop a pathway system. Um, probably about ten years ago, I brought up the idea to the board. I was still a coach at the time. I brought up the idea of a board of implementing a men's first team to kind of like kickstart that that pathway, you know, for the kids because I was a little frustrated seeing the kids not have anywhere to go after they aged out of the youth system. And and the board rejected that. They just wanted to stay a youth program. And um, the club was struggling for a few years. And they saw, like, the, the board saw, like, the good I was doing with my teams. And, and so they approached me 
and said, you know, hey, we want you to get involved in the leadership of, of the club. And I was like, well, you know, I, I really don't see any strong leadership, you know, with the club at this moment. Um, would you consider, you know, having me come on as, you know, a, a president? And and they they liked that idea. And so I came on with Ileana, who is my co-president, and, and she's wonderful. We complement each other, you know, really great. Um, so one of the first things we implemented, you know, which I had pitched before, you know, a few years before was uh, this men's team. So I, I have been doing the men's team on my own on the side um, since I pitched it to them 10 years ago. We were playing in the San Francisco uh, Soccer Football League, SFSFL. It's, it's one of the oldest leagues in the, in the United States. It is the oldest league in the United States. That's where Farolito came out of. Um, they have some strong, you know, clubs in there. Inter SF made a really strong U.S. Open Cup run. Uh, Olympic Club, you know, plays there. So I, I have been playing there. Um, but I wanted to kind of go to a higher level. Um, and and so uh, we, you know, put together a pitch. Um, you know, luck, luckily we had some, you know, uh, great people who wanted to support, support this endeavor. You know, they saw all the hard work I've been doing in the in the club for 20 years, and they saw, you know, this vision of, you know, kind of taking this club to the next level. Um, so that's, you know, when we kind of decided we would, you know, give – give uh the npsl a shot and so far i mean to me it looks like you're doing very well um and for all of us wanting to know what's Ileana's last name uh rivera ramos oh okay rivera ramos is the other uh co-president for you yeah yeah we complement each other nicely so i do a lot of like admin stuff um planning um you know, vision stuff, and and she, um, you know, does a lot of um, interacting with uh, managers, um, families, uh, you know, parents and stuff, and and we kind of we are, we have different strengths, um, so we can kind of like uh, divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, that's great to hear, and you know, it sounds like to me. Uh, you deserve to be in the Soccer Hall of Fame for what you've done to help out in that area. I mean, I know it probably won't happen, but, it's you know, it's, you know it's, it's <laughs> no, but true. But still, though, I mean, you know, just just your efforts and your dedication to the game and making it better in the Oakland area to me. I mean, whether there's a Hall of Fame in California, in the Bay Area, if you ever get into it, I hope you do get into it, you know, but to me, I think. You know, people like you deserve to be in Frisco. That's just how I feel right now because, you know, the passion and the dedication to this game, especially to your area, has just been nothing more but sensational. Um, you know, looking at your season so far, you had a hell of a game here. Um, I just had – yeah, here it is. Sonoma County yeah. Soul, 5-0 victory uh, over there in uh, – if I can pronounce the name of the town correctly, Petaluma. Petaluma, Petaluma, California. Petal- uh, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Uh, that must have been a hell of a road victory for you guys uh, to see them go out and destroy them the way you did. Well, we have been struggling at the beginning of the season. Um, we hadn't found that first win yet. We had some really tough games scheduled, you know, in our, in our, in our lineup. Um, you know, we faced El Farolito twice, which is, a, you know, extremely strong team. And, you know, mm-hmm. we, we had, you know, we, we, we had been within one goal of them, you know, the whole time, um, very competitive, close game. 
we got, you know, uh, we got a game uh, with FC Arizona, which, uh, again, you know, we, we had an away game. You know, we flew out to Arizona and played them, and, you know, 2-1, very close game. Um, I, I was extremely impressed with their hospitality and the strength of their squad. It was it was a super high-level squad that they fielded. Um, so we, we were in search of that, you know, that first win. Um, you know, I think we had draw, I think we had drew one game up to that point and then lost the rest. So yeah, it was, it was, um, it was very important. I think, I think that game against Sonoma was when things really started clicking with the players. Like they just kind of like the previous games, they were just kind of out of sync a little bit. And then just that game, for whatever reason, everyone just like fell into sync with each other. And, um, yeah, it just really all came together at that game against Sonoma, and, and yeah, what a statement that was! That was that was our yeah. first win of the season, and, and what a way to you know what a way to get it. Now let me ask you this question. I want to get back to what I was saying before. You know, obviously, um, outside of the regular sports that normally get pl- gets played over there in Oakland, and you know, the Raiders are now in Las Vegas. I know the Golden State Warriors are now on the other side of the bay. They are across the bridge and down the street. Uh, in the Chase Arena, which is not far away from where the San Francisco Giants play. But with the whole situation with the Oakland A's going on, I know it's a bummer that's been, you know, been documented well, well over many, many times. But do you feel now, because the roots with the women's team, the Soul, their Project 510, you guys, the Stompers, do you feel maybe now that you can truly take over Oakland as a soccer city? Do you really feel now that you have that opportunity right in front of your faces if the A's do not get a new stadium and move also to Vegas? I'll tell you straight up, Oakland has always been a soccer city. It just it, ha- it hasn't had room to grow or flourish or nourish. Um, the a large part of the population there there is some gentrification issues you know going on with Oakland right now but the a big part of Oakland's community is immigrant you know people from um you know Mexico South America people from Africa people from you know uh, coming from all over parts different parts of the world where soccer is a huge part of their culture their family so a lot of the families in Oakland are waking up, living, eating, breathing, sleeping soccer all day long. All the kids in our club know every stat of every player. It's there. Like, it's there and it's ready to go. Um, and maybe with these other, you know, entities vacating Oakland, I I think this is a great time for soccer to really, like, have its day in Oakland. Absolutely, and that's what we're all hoping for. Listen, I got to tell you, Edward, thank you very much for your time. I truly appreciate it. Uh, I know you got one more match to go this season. Hopefully get a win, uh, finish it off with a flourish, and I hope to have you back on again sometime soon. Have a good night, and thank you once again for joining me. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And once again, that is Edward Steven. Uh, co-president of Oakland SC as uh, he is getting ready to finish off in the in his regular season uh, with one more match to go and my final guest tonight uh, he is the midfielder for the Jackson Lions down in Jackson New Jersey near Great Adventure 
And that is, once again, Kenny Hot. Kenny, welcome back to the show, and how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Can you hear me? I'm doing very well. So where's Sachi? Where is he? Is he listening? <laughs> Sachi, you got to call me, Sachi. Where are you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He's is he hiding? Right now. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, he's not here. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I hope to have him on. But you tell him. You tell him he's got to call me. Uh, but other All than right. that, uh, Kenny, uh, how's your season been so far going down in South Jersey to play for Jackson Lions? What has that transition been for you? I know you've been mostly here in the northeastern part of New Jersey. Well, uh, I wouldn't say it's too different. Um, you end up playing the same teams, really. Uh, but it, it is uh, – the guys I play with are a bit different. Um, I tend to – being the, cent- uh, the central part of Jersey, I kind of see a difference between, like, when I go down south to play – um, there's a certain group of guys, and when I go up north to play, there's a certain group of guys. Um, I, I do feel there's a bit of, of a divide there. Uh, but the soccer is great. Uh, it's not too different. Um, just some different faces, but um, similar style of play. Uh, obviously, Motown plays a great style of soccer, and I think we play a great style of soccer as well. So, yeah, it's great. No, that's great to hear. And obviously, you know, uh, you're only four points behind FC Motown for the top spot in the Keystone East Conference. You know, you've been a part of FC Motown for a while. Now, what's it like being on the other on the other side of the pitch against them? Uh, it's it's interesting for sure. Uh, a lot of new faces. Uh, I will say, it's not really the same team that I played with. There's a couple familiar guys, but especially with the coaching, uh, I don't really recognize. The coaches, uh, obviously, I played under Sach, and he's not there anymore. So it's a bit different. You know, mm-hmm. it's not it's not as awkward as I thought it was going to be. Uh, but it's it's cool. I mean, still friendly with the owners, still friendly with everyone. It's good to see everyone. I haven't seen them in a while. Um, but they're a good, good, uh, good team. Obviously, they uh, they beat us last time we played them, but we have them tomorrow, and I think we got a good chance. So it'll be good. It's fun. Mm-hmm. No, you definitely do, and you'll be over there at Montclair State University's soccer field uh, yep. taking on Jackson Lions yep. uh, tomorrow, so it's going to be a fun one. Talk to us about your head coach and William Fraley. What were the differences, or at least uh, in your opinion, you know, what, what differences does he give you as a head coach uh, with a different style, or maybe it's the same from your past coaches, even under Sachi? Has there mm-hmm. been a difference or a similarity? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Brad, uh, he he has a lot of uh, a lot of confidence in me, and he kind of has told me that from the beginning. I have freeway to play my game and, and my style, and I think that helps that helps me that helps me a lot being a box to box player. Um, obviously, you're asked to do a lot, and he kind of just believes in me and and gives me the confidence to play my game and not worry too much about the outside uh, and what he thinks. So it's good. Uh, I feel like I've been able to perform really really well under him because of that no that's great to hear uh greatest win so far this season has been against uh first state fc over at uh, donovan catholic high school in tom's river um Mm -hmm. what was that match for you guys and you were just able to dominate first state fc so well yeah i mean i think the whole season we've kind of had uh certain games where we hadn't haven't been able to get certain guys in because of this or that, but it's like that game we were at, you know, maximum strength. We had everybody back. We had, uh, obviously, Daniel Russo back. 
from Notre Dame. Um, that was a big part of it. Um, he's kind of a veteran with the Lions, so he knows how we want to play. And getting him back helped us a lot, um, especially in our attack, uh, understanding how we want to build, how we want to uh, attack defenses. And, yeah, it was it felt good. It felt like everything kind of just clicked. And since then, I mean, we haven't looked back. Uh, you know, I think we've won. We played first day of the game after that we won. And then, obviously, uh, was it two nights ago against Philadelphia Union? We won that one as well. So we're on a little bit of a roll here. Uh, I just feel like everything's kind of clicking for us uh, and the way we want to move the ball and play out of the back. It's, it's been good. I think that, that really sparked uh, a little run for us. Let me ask you this. What's it like to take on a development squad coming from an MLS team like the Union? I mean, obviously, I mean, it, it sounds like it's, it's, it's an academy club, but, you know, when it says development squad, uh, it, it sounds a little different. Is there like a similarity to that as an academy club, or is it a little different, you think? Well, it's, it's all – it basically was most of the guys from the Philadelphia Union Academy. So it was, it was, it was really most of those kids that, that play there right now. So, I mean, obviously Philadelphia is an amazing club. Um, they teach their players to play the right way, and it's, it's it's fun to watch them play, and it's not always fun to play against because uh, they have a lot of technical, good players, smart players. So, obviously it's good. You know, they're younger guys. Uh, so, being the fact, being that we have some older guys, it's, we can exploit their uh, experience a little bit sometimes. Um, but that's why they do it. That's why they play with men, and they'll get better from it. Very, very true. Currently, as I've said already, you're in second place in the Keystone East Conference. What has made this club click, even though you still got a lot to play for uh, in this uh, Keystone East Conference? And I believe you're in a playoff position. Uh, what do you guys got to do to keep in, to, you know, to remain in that playoff position once you get into the end of the season? I mean, our coaches have done a good job of uh, making sure we're training twice a week consistently. Um, getting everyone together for team events and stuff like that. I think the team feels super connected. As long as that's the case, as long as the team feels connected and, you know, as long as you feel like you're playing for for a team of friends and a team of guys that like each other, I think the rest will come. I think chemistry is a huge part uh, of what we're trying to do, and I think we've built really good chemistry over the last couple months. So it's been good, and I think we'll, we'll continue to get better as we play with each other more. Mm-hmm. No, very true. And uh, once again, you've got about three matches remaining. We already talked about FC Motown as your next opponent. And then you're going to be hosting J- uh, FC Monmouth, and then you'll be finishing off uh, against Atlantic City FC over at Stockton University. Um, Atlantic City, one point behind you guys. Yep. Have they improved tremendously? And, and what type of a battle is it against Atlantic City FC for Jackson? Obviously, Atlantic City FC is not a lot of young players. It's a lot of a lot of older guys. It's definitely a different game than, say, a team like uh, Philadelphia Union because it's a lot of younger guys. Um, so I think just the physicality. But I think we're all used to it. We all we all play at top level colleges. Uh, we got a couple ACC guys, Big East, Big Ten guys. So it's really nothing we we're not used to. And I think um, yeah, it would just be important to play our game going into the next game. And I think we'll be fine. So for those of us not familiar with Jackson, New Jersey, I mean, what have you seen over there that is uh, – I mean, look, I know Jersey's Jersey no matter where you go, but still, though, I mean, there's got to be some differences or, you know, not a lot of similarities. But, you know, what differences have you seen over in Jackson that it is up in the uh, uh, Morristown, you know, Madison area, uh, you know, even Montclair of New Jersey? 
Honestly, not not much. Jersey's Jersey at the end of the day, in my opinion, unless you're in a beach town. Um, it's kind of it's kind of very similar. I don't really notice. You don't really notice that you're in South Jersey. It's kind of the same, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Nope, that's true. That's very true, unless you're like in Monmouth, uh, heading to the beach, or if you're heading to Atlantic City or whatever. But um, yeah. no, I, I agree with you. No, I agree with you. I mean, you know, there's there's no really difference. It's it's all the same. It's all the same state. We all know this, but you know, you never know. I mean, there might be a difference that you've seen that might be different. But you know, if I thought I asked, I, I usually don't frequent down there that much. Uh, in more recent days, but still, though, uh, there's some good areas down there. I've been to uh, pass by a couple of times, but of course, uh, was it Great Adventure is not far. Have you, you've been to Great Adventure a couple of times, I believe, correct? Yeah, yeah, when I was younger, I went. Yeah. You guys get a day off, you head over to uh, Great Adventure to have a little fun before you get ready for training the next day, or what do you guys do? Uh, I mean, you know, kind of spread out in terms of where they're from. So, obviously, me, I'm from Central Jersey, and I day off, I like to go to the beach, I live right by the beach. So, uh, not really down there too much, about 40, 45 minutes from that Six Flags, so I'm not really there a lot. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Just seeing what you're doing. That's all it is. That's all it is. Having a little fun. It's okay yeah. to have a little fun. You deserve to have a little fun every once in a while to take a, take a break. But, um, you know, as uh, has Sachi and your family been down to see you play? Have they seen you uh, down there at Jackson when it's a home match? Yeah, yeah, my family comes to every game. It's great to see them on the sideline and yeah, I mean, I play obviously at Duke, which is in North Carolina, so they can't be at every single game. Obviously, it's pretty far, but, you know, they still make make it to a lot of those games, but it's nice to have them at every game again, at least for the summer. You know, let me ask you this. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of Jersey players uh, and New York players that do play at Duke. I mean, yep. uh, I mean, obviously, it's, you know, they they got a lot of regulars in North from North Carolina, obviously, but still, though, what, what's it like when you got teammates – uh, in your college game that are from your area or at least from the region? I mean, how much uh, how much more yeah. of a comfort zone is that for you? Yeah, it's great. I mean, I went in, obviously, to school knowing uh, just a couple of names, like Amir Daly, played for the Red Bulls, Peter Stroud, I knew him, Scotty Taylor, all Red Bulls guys. I'm probably, probably missing some, to be honest. Uh, but I knew a bunch of the guys. Uh, a lot of them are from the New Jersey and New York area. That That's where I grew up playing, obviously. So uh, going in, I felt like there was already kind of a friendship with those guys, which is tough. I mean, a lot of schools you go and you see there's a divide between the upper class and, and uh, the, the lower, lower class. And so for me, it, it was amazing to see, like, the connection between the, the older guys and the younger guys, and I think that showed on the field when we played. Like I said before, I mean, chemistry is, is everything. So our team had a lot of chemistry, and myself especially able to go in knowing a bunch of the older guys, it, it, felt, it felt like I was at home right away. No, that's great to hear. And uh, obviously, as I've said already, um, it's always one of the good schools for college soccer in the ACC. So there's no problems yep. over there. Um, just to finish off here with uh, your club seasons, I've said already, you got three matches remaining um, against uh, the Keystone East Conference. You know, when they broke up the Keystone Conference now with this East-West setup, do you feel it's a little bit difficult a little more harder now because you're still playing against some of these uh, big teams from Pennsylvania and New Jersey and Delaware. Uh, do you feel like that? 
I don't think it's easier or harder. I mean, when I used to play at Motown, every 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 game was close, every game was tight, every game was competitive, and I still feel that way. Um, so, no, no, I wouldn't say it's harder. It's definitely not easier, but I wouldn't say it's much harder. I'd say it's very similar. Uh, obviously, I'm trying to think. You know, there's some teams that we used to play that we don't play anymore. Um, but again, it kind of evens out. You're still playing Motown. You're still playing Atlantic City. You're still playing First State. It's still still good games every every week. So it's still exciting. That's great to hear, and uh, hopefully uh, you'll finish off strong and get into that playoff position, and uh, we'll see who you're going to face when we get to the end of the regular season. But anyway, Kenny, thank you for your time. Uh, I really do appreciate you coming on, and uh, you you tell Sachi, you know, he's he's missing in action with me. I don't like this. No, I'm just kidding around. I know he's busy. I know he's busy. But listen, I really do appreciate you coming on the show, and thank you very much for your time. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. All right. And once again, that is Sachi Hot from the Jackson Lions. I want to thank my guests tonight, Nikki Kolarich of Steel City FC, Dave Holloway of First State FC, Ben Shirk of Hershey FC, Edward Stephen from Oakland SC, and Kenny Hot of Jackson Lions. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to the 2023 MPSL Soccer Show here on the Four Year Scenes Fire American Soccer Show. And as always, please enjoy your football. Thank you. Take care so long and have a good night, everybody. Take care so long and bye-bye for now. Once again, this has been the MPSL Soccer Show here on the Four Year Scenes Fire American Soccer Show. Have a good night and talk to you next time. Bye-bye for now. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.